Chapter Forty of the Spanish Brothers by Deborah Alcock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Forty: A Satisfactory Penitent. How long in thraldom's grasp I lay, I knew not, for my soul was black and knew no change of night or day. Campbell. Carlos was sleeping tranquilly in his dungeon on the following night when the opening of the door aroused him. He started with sickening dread, the horrors of the torture room rising in an instant before his imagination. Benevidio entered, followed by Herrera, and commanded him to rise and dress immediately. Long experience of the Santa Casa had taught him that he might as well make an inquiry of its doors and walls as of any of its officials so he obeyed in silence and slowly and painfully enough but he was soon relieved from his worst fear by seeing herrera fold together the few articles of clothing he had been allowed to have with him preparatory to carrying them away it is only then a change of prison he thought and wherever they bring me heaven will be equally near his limbs enfeebled by two years of close confinement and lame from the effect of one terrible night were sorely tried by what he thought an almost interminable walk through corridors and down narrow winding stairs but at last he was conducted to a small postern door which greatly to his surprise benevidio proceeded to unlock the kind-hearted herrera took advantage of the moment when benevidio was thus occupied to whisper we are bringing you to the dominican prison senor you will be better used there carlos thanked him by a grateful look and a pressure of the hand but an instant afterwards he had forgotten his words he had forgotten everything save that he stood once more in god's free air and that god's own boundless heaven spangled with ten thousand stars was over him no dungeon roof between for one rapturous moment he gazed upwards thanking god in his heart but the fresh air he breathed seemed to intoxicate him like strong wine he grew faint and leaned for support on herrera courage senor it is not far only a few paces said the under jailer kindly weak as he was carlos wished the distance a hundred times greater but it proved quite long enough for his strength by the time he was delivered over into the keeping of a couple of lay brothers and locked by them into a cell in the dominican monastery he was scarcely conscious of anything save excessive fatigue the next morning was pretty far advanced before any one came to him but at last he was honoured with a visit from the prior himself he said frankly and with perfect truth i am glad to find myself in your hands my lord to one accustomed to feel himself an object of terror it is a new and pleasant sensation to be trusted even a wild beast will sometimes spare the weak but fearless creature that ventures to play with it and don fray ricardo was not a wild beast he was only a stern narrow conscientious man the willing and efficient agent of a terrible system his brow relaxed visibly as he said i have always sought your true good my son i am well aware of it father and you must acknowledge the prior resumed that great forbearance and lenity have been shown towards you 
but your infatuation has been such that you have deliberately and persistently sought your own ruin you have resisted the wisest arguments the gentlest persuasions and that with an obstinacy which time and discipline seem only to increase and now at last as another auto de fe may not be celebrated for some time my lord vice inquisitor general justly incensed at your contumacy would fain have you thrown into one of the underground dungeons where believe me you would not live a month but uh, i have interceded for you i thank your kindness my lord but i cannot see that it matters much how you deal with me now sooner or later in one form or another it must be death and i thank god it can be no more while a man might count twenty the prior looked silently in that steadfast sorrowful young face then he said oh my son do not yield to despair for i come to thee this day with a message of hope i have also made intercession for thee with the supreme council of the holy office and i have succeeded in obtaining from that august tribunal a great and unusual grace carlos looked up a sudden flush on his cheek he hoped this unusual grace might be permission to see some familiar face ere he died but the prior's next words disappointed him alas it was only the offer of escape from death on terms that he might not accept and yet such an offer really deserved the name the prior gave it a great and unusual grace for as has been already intimated by the laws of the inquisition at that time in force the man who had once professed heretical doctrines however sincerely he might have retracted them was doomed to die his penitence would procure him the favour of absolution the mercy of the garret instead of the stake that was all the prior went on to explain to carlos that upon the ground of his youth and the supposition that he had been led into error by others his judges had consented to show him singular favour moreover he added there are other reasons for this course of action upon which it would be needless and might be inexpedient to enter at present but they have their weight especially with me for the preservation therefore both of your soul and your body upon which i take more compassion than you do yourself i have in the first place obtained permission to remove you to a more easy and more healthful confinement where besides other favours you will enjoy the great privilege of a companion constant intercourse with whom can scarcely fail to benefit you carlos thought this last a doubtful boon but as it was kindly intended he was bound to be grateful he thanked the prior accordingly adding may i be permitted to ask the name of this companion you will probably find it out ere long if you conduct yourself so as to deserve it an answer carlos found so enigmatical that after several vain endeavours to comprehend it he gave up the task in despair and not without some apprehension that his long imprisonment had dulled his perceptions amongst us he is called don juan the prior continued and this much i will tell you he is a very honourable person 
who had many years ago the great misfortune to be led astray by the same errors to which you cling with such obstinacy god was pleased however to make use of my poor instrumentality to lead him back to the bosom of the church he is now a true and sincere penitent diligent in prayer and penance and heartily detesting his former evil ways it is my last hope for you that his wise and faithful counsels may bring you to the same mind carlos did not particularly like the prospect he feared that this vaunted penitent would prove a noisy apostate who would seek to obtain the favour of the monks by vilifying his former associates nor on the other hand did he think it honest to accept without protest kindnesses offered him on the supposition that he might even yet be induced to recant he said i ought to tell you senor that my mind will never change god helping me rather than lead you to imagine otherwise i would go at once to the darkest cell in the triana my faith is based on the word of god which can never be overthrown the penitent of whom i speak used such words as these until god and our lady opened his eyes and now he sees all things differently so will you if god is pleased to give you the inestimable benefit of his divine grace for it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth but of god that showeth mercy said the dominican who like others of his order ingeniously managed to combine strong predestinarian theories with the creed of rome that is most true senor carlos responded but to resume said the prior for i have yet more to say should you be favoured with the grace of repentance i am authorized to hold out to you a well-grounded hope that in consideration of your youth your life may even yet be spared and then if i were strong enough i might live out ten or twenty years like the last two carlos answered not without a touch of bitterness it is not so my son returned the prior mildly i cannot promise indeed under any circumstances to restore you to the world for that would be to promise what could not be performed and the laws of the holy office expressly forbid us to delude prisoners with false hopes but this much i will say your restraint shall be rendered so light and easy that your position will be preferable to that of many a monk who has taken the vows of his own free will and if you like the society of the penitent of whom i spoke anon you shall continue to enjoy it carlos began to feel a somewhat unreasonable antipathy to this penitent whose face he had never seen but what mattered the antipathies of a prisoner of the holy office he only said permit me again to thank you my lord for the kindness you have shown me though my fellow-men cast out my name as evil and deny me my share of god's free air and sky and my right to live in his world i still take thankfully every word or deed of pity and gentleness they give me by the way for they know not what they do the prior turned away but turned back again a moment afterwards to ask what for the credit of his humanity he ought to have asked a year before do you stand in need of anything or have you any request you wish to make carlos hesitated a moment then he said of things within your power to grant my lord there is but one 
that i care to ask two brethren of the society of jesus visited me the day before yesterday i spoke hastily to one of them who was named fray isidore i think had i the opportunity i should be glad to offer him my hand now of all mysterious things in heaven or earth said the prior a heretic's conscience is the most difficult to comprehend truly you strain at a gnat and swallow a camel but as for fray isidore you may rest content for good and sufficient reasons he cannot visit you here but i will repeat to him what you have said and i know well that his own tongue is a sharp weapon enough when used in the defence of the faith the prior withdrew and shortly afterwards one of the monks appeared and silently conducted carlos to a cell or chamber in the highest story of the building like the cells in the triana it had two doors the outer one secured by strong bolts and bars the inner one furnished with an aperture through which food or other things could be passed but here the resemblance ceased carlos found himself on entering in what seemed to him more like a hall than a cell though indeed it must be remembered that his eye was accustomed to ten feet square it was furnished as comfortably as any room needed to be in that warm climate and it was tolerably clean a small mercy which he noted with no small gratitude best perhaps of all it had a good window looking down on the courtyard but strongly barred of course near the window was a table upon which stood an ivory crucifix and a picture of the madonna and child but even before his eye took in all these objects it turned to the penitent whose companionship had been granted him as so great a boon he was utterly unlike all that he had expected instead of a fussy noisy pervert he saw a serene and stately old man with long white hair and beard and still clearly chiselled handsome features he was dressed in a kind of mantle of a nondescript colour made like a monk's cowl without the hood and bearing two large st andrew's crosses one on the breast and the other on the back in fact it was a compromise san benito as carlos entered he rose showing a tall spare figure slightly stooped and greeted his new companion with a courteous and elaborate bow but did not speak shortly afterwards food was handed through the aperture in the door and the half-starved prisoner from the triana sat down with his fellow-captive to what he esteemed a really luxurious repast he had intended to be silent until obliged to speak but the aspect and bearing of the penitent quite disarranged his preconceived ideas during the meal he tried once and again to open a conversation by some slight courteous observation all in vain the penitent did the honours of the table like a prince in disguise and never failed to bow and answer yes senor or no senor to everything carlos said but he seemed either unable or unwilling to do more as the day wore on this silence grew oppressive to carlos and he marvelled increasingly at his companion's want of ordinary interest in him or curiosity about him until at length a probable solution of the mystery dawned upon his mind 
as he considered the penitent an agent of the monks deputed to convert him very likely the penitent on his side regarded him in the light of a spy commissioned to watch his proceedings but this if it was true at all was only a small part of the truth carlos failed to take into account the terrible effect of long years of solitude crushing down all the faculties of the mind and heart it is told of some monastery where the rules were so severe that the brethren were only allowed to converse with each other during one hour in the week that they usually sat for that hour in perfect silence they had nothing to say so it was with the penitent of the dominican convent he had nothing to say nothing to ask curiosity and interest were dead within him dead long ago of absolute salvation yet carlos could not help observing him with a strange kind of fascination his face was too still too coldly calm like a white marble statue and yet it was a noble face it was although not a thoughtful face the face of a thoughtful man asleep it did not lack expressiveness though it lacked expression moreover there was in it a look that awakened dim undefined memories shadowy things that fled away like ghosts whenever he tried to grasp them yet persistently rose again and mingled with all his thoughts he told himself many times that he had never seen the man before was it then an accidental likeness to some familiar face that so fixed and haunted him certainly there was something which belonged to his past and which even while it perplexed and baffled strangely soothed and pleased him at each of the canonical hours which were announced to them by the tolling of the convent bells the penitent did not fail to kneel before the crucifix and with the aid of a book and a rosary to read or repeat long latin prayers in a half audible voice he retired to rest early leaving his fellow-prisoner supremely happy in the enjoyment of his lamp and his book of hours for it was two years since the eyes of the once enthusiastic young scholar had rested on a printed page or since the kindly gleam of lamp or fire had cheered his solitude the privilege of refreshing his memory with the passages of scripture contained in the romish book of devotion now appeared an unspeakable boon to him and although accustomed as he was to a life of unbroken monotony the varied impressions of the day had produced extreme weariness of mind and body it was near midnight before he could prevail upon himself to close the volume and lie down to rest on the comfortable pallet prepared for him he was just falling asleep when the midnight bell tolled out heavily he saw his companion rise throw his mantle over his shoulders and betake himself to his devotions how long these lasted he could not tell for the stately kneeling figure soon mingled with his dreams strange dreams of juan as a penitent dressed in a san benito and with white hair and an old man's face kneeling devoutly before the altar in the church at nuera but reciting one of the songs of the seed instead of de profundis End of chapter forty